Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lori and Julia show, My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Monday afternoon. Julia's out. She'll be back tomorrow. Holly Roberts is in for Julia today. Yes, she certainly is. And uh, I thought that we would uh, celebrate another iconic anniversary today. It is the 25th anniversary of the rom com that people know and love. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Sleepless. In Seattle. 25 years. 25 years. And this guy, his name is Aaron Carlson, and he wrote this book called All Have What She's Having, How Nora Ephron's Three Iconic Films Saved the Romantic Comedy. Because, of course, she had um, written the screenplays for Heartburn and Silkwood. Yep. Mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally um, is uh, she, a guy wrote the script, okay? This guy gave himself like two years to get a script made and he was going to get, he wrote three movies and how uh, Sleepless, or um, excuse me, Sleepless in Seattle was one of them. But uh, Rob Reiner brought in Nora Ephron to flesh out the female voice mm-hmm. because she... You know, with some, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, so and, and she came she, in and did a polish on the script. She did it. And um, and uh, so anyways, so this is all the scoop that this guy got for his book, the research uh, for this. I'll have what she's having. Nora Ephron's three iconic films, Save the Romantic Comedy. That is a very long book title. That is a very... Well, yeah. well so what are the three movies? Well, when Harry met Sally... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What I was didn't. The second one. Sleepless in Seattle, okay. and then we're missing one. Yeah, we're you've missing. got mail. Yeah, you've got that mail. is oh, the third one. Yeah, I didn't. That wasn't that good. No, but it did. <laughs> it did really well. And but anyway, people loved it. So she brought in her sister Delia to help her do the uh, writing, and Efron Nora insisted she was the one to direct it. And she's the one who called up Meg Ryan because she and Meg had become friends on the set of When Harry Met Sally and got her to sign on. And But once even the word got out that Nora Ephron was polishing up the Sleepless in Seattle script, um, a feeding frenzy of actresses wanted to play Annie Reed, Naturally. the Baltimore Sun reporter. Here's who wanted it. 
Madonna, mm. Demi Moore, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, Kim Basinger. They and, did right by choosing Meg yeah, Ryan. And that was 100% yeah, Nora. She was like, no, 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 no. No, those other people wouldn't have worked. Yeah. No. And then when it came to casting, then they, so she cast, she got, she said it has to be Meg Ryan. And then Sam Baldwin, who's eventually played by Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan's husband, Dennis Quaid, was in talks to co-star opposite her. Oh, my but gosh. But Efron didn't think he was funny enough. And mm. and uh, this is the book author's... He, she convinced Meg to star in the movie without her husband. And then she went after the guy she always wanted, which was Tom Hanks. And Hanks and um, Tom Hanks and Nora met at... The Beverly Hills Polo Lounge. Oh my gosh! Of so course they did. Of course there, they people. did. So many meetings happened there, and uh, the book's author said at the time, Tom's Hanks was in a career slump. He was tired of playing the goofy guy who could never grow up like bosom buddies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and he had been nominated for an Oscar for Big, but Big. still, yes. Yes. that was one of those. Splash. He was yeah. kind of the goofy. Yeah. He needed. Turner and Hooch. He wanted mm-hmm. to the have a more serious, yeah. a different kind of a yeah. role. He right. wanted a second chance, and uh, uh, Efron wasn't entirely convinced that uh, Tom Hanks could measure up to Cary Grant the star of the classic and affair to remember, which is embedded in sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the movie that inspired it. And once she sat down with him, any doubts she had were vanished at the Beverly Hills polo lounge because Tom Hanks, the sheer force of his personality just blew her away. Mm-hmm. So then that was a done deal. After Tom Hanks arrives in Seattle for the filming, he started to get cold feet he thought his character Sam sounded too wimpy and that his son, the son, the nine-year-old, had better lines. <laughs> and Nora can, invited Hanks to help her rewrite the character, which resulted in a, gr- a grumpier, funnier Sam. It was also the start of their uh, collaboration because then he went on to star in You've Got Mail and her Broadway play Lucky Guy. Yeah. And then then they had to, they had two different, they had two different Jonas. Um the first Jonah they hired, the first kid, mm-hmm. he froze in front of Tom Hanks. Oh, well. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So Sorry, she had to kid. let him go. Yeah. And this other kid the, that they got was effortless. Also, uh, just like in An Affair to Remember, the New York State, uh, New York City's Empire State Building is prominent in the plot. The production was having trouble securing it. Nora Ephron told the producer, hey, I know somebody. And she called... Leona Hemsley, huh? who was that doing, somebody to know? Who, but she owned the Empire State Building, right? And she was in federal prison for tax evasion, and she agreed to let the crew film for six hours. Crazy. So it's um, in the final scene when they're up on the observation deck. They actually had to film that in a hangar in Seattle, and there were no huge sound stages. Nora Ephron. Hey, I know somebody. Who does she know? Senator Jack Warren. My gosh. Um, is that what it's John Warner, excuse me, who'd been married to, to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. And he'd been Secretary of the Navy. And yes. there was an old Navy base that was being shut down, and they wanted to use one of the big hangars. John Warner gets a call from Nora. Next thing you know, production gets a call from the Navy. You're welcome. And so that's when they, all the other stuff they film, but when they're actually meet up on the observation, that's in the hangar. So... Hmm. 
even um, yeah, it is good stuff. Yeah. So also Jimmy Durante. Here's another cute last story <laughs> for the film's final scene. Sony Pictures studio boss Peter Goober wanted Celine's uh, duet with Clive Griffin of "When I Fall in Love" to end the movie. Nora Ephron, no, no mm-hmm. way. She went over to Goober's head. She decided on the classic Jimmy Durante song, "Make Someone Happy," oh, yeah. and instead of running it past the head. Uh, studio guy. She just put it in during the edit and waited to see how the test audience reacted. They loved it. She put Jimmy Durante back on the map. The soundtrack was so huge with Nat King Cole, Carly Simon, Harry Connick, Celine Dion. It was a huge, huge soundtrack bestseller. Helps keep it classic. What a yeah. good move. I know. Make just one someone happy. <laughs> Make just one heart to heart you. You sing to And it was a perfect ending song. It keeps it classic and timeless. And that's what Nora Ephron wanted. She wanted this movie to withstand the time. And there's a new Sony's releasing it um, this week with four scenes that were edited out. Oh, now I want to go watch the movie again. I know. Don't you want to watch it again? All right, listen, we will be right back with uh, some, maybe some random music thoughts and other random thoughts. I saw this story the other day. Do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Hey, everybody. Okay, so um, I, I have to go back to this story. When we were talking about Michael Jackson, we cannot give short shrift to this Farrah Fawcett lipstick that is available. Oh, no. Um, it's so beautiful. So mm. it's uh, it's going to benefit the Farrah Fawcett Foundation. Donnie has posted it. Farrah created the Farrah Fawcett Foundation in 2007, right after she learned about her cancer diagnosis, which was anal cancer, mm. which it's an underfunded... Uh, cancer. It's also who the hell wants? I got anal cancer. You know, there's yeah, just there's, like the there whole, still might be a stigma, stigma yeah, attached. Why? Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, but, but I mean, you get cancer in all everywhere. kinds of parts of your body. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, anyway, so her foundation is uh, on awareness, research, and prevention because Farrah Fawcett, by her own admission, ignored some warning signs that she had that something was wrong. And so anyway, Alana Stewart is the CEO of the Farrah Fawcett Foundation. They were good, good friends. Of course, Alana, ex of Rod and ex of George Hamilton, Rod Stewart. Um, And anyway, it's it's beautiful. And she just said, you know, Farrah always um, wanted to have her own pink lipstick. It was her one thing. Uh, that she did, and I know, like I love a rose lipstick. It's thirty eight dollars. I'm buying it. Isn't it pretty? Yeah, I gotta buy it. Do it. Right, I'm gonna good. do it. So anyway, take a look at it. Um, all right. So that's one random mm-hmm. uh, thing, but it is it is pretty, and it, it's for a good cause. And if you're at Barney's in New York or Chicago, they sell it right at the beauty counter. Perfect. Okay, so I made a new Queen Discovery song today. So <laughs> sometimes I'm in my car and a song comes on and, you know, on the new cars, it gives you the artist and then so you can... They read. give you the information yeah, on the Yeah, so I took a picture of it and then I'm like, I all I've been doing is Alexis play... I Want to Break Free by Queen in 1984. I did not know this song. Donnie, let's hit it. I want to break free. How could I not know this song, Holly? I want to break free. I want to break free from your lies. You're so 
maybe I just forgot I knew it. Because <laughs> it sounds like my kind of song. So good. I think there's a reason why you don't know the song. It's it? such a good anthemic. Good. Yes. Turn it up, Danny. is a queen, you know. Aficionado? Yes. Was on an album called The Works, I guess. I just, I love this song. You need to, I'm going to tweet out the music video because if you've never seen the music video for I Want to Break Free, it's maybe, delightful. Yeah, I maybe I did. You know, when I think about where I was in 1984 in my life, I am going to say that was probably, probably... The wildest year of my life. Oh, so you're That's lucky if you remember. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky if you remember maybe it, some of the highlights. Of it whatever isn't happened that, to you. but there was so much of everything. Yes, everything. It was just coming at you. So this song, maybe a secondary song to you at the time. But I love it. I well, I love that song. This song came out in 1984, and mm-hmm. I feel like Queen's career. Their music after the early 80s started to be less popular mm-hmm. in the United yeah, States. That's, that's and so it didn't true. get maybe the no. radio airplay, but it, I might have mm-hmm. seen the video. Well, you might have seen the video. I'm okay. going to tweet it out because right. it's delightful. Freddie Mercury. Mm. It's part Freddie Mercury as a housewife vacuuming. Oh, I love it. Part Freddie Mercury shirtless <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic dance I love, so, it. Yeah, I love it, it. It's fantastic. But Queen, you know, in the 80s, there's a ton of Queen music. That I feel didn't get a lot of airplay no. when it came out, yeah. and it's it's really it it's dated. Yeah. It, it, like there's a lot of '80s music from Queen that's really mm-hmm. cheesy, really dated. Do but you it's still, still really think fun. that song holds up? Oh, they played it in the wedge when I was grocery shopping yesterday. Oh, is that right? Yes. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, anyway, I, I I'm glad that this radio station played that song because I was just like, how do I not know that song? But now, unlike my Sixth or seventh listen. Now I'm convinced. Maybe I did know, and it was just because in 1984, 80, the right, wildest right, year yeah. of my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say 84. Like, okay, I'm going to go 82 when I graduated from college. 83, 84, 85, 86. Those were that big chunk. That uh, four yeah, years you uh, cannot be held responsible just a for lot. particular memories. That's when everybody is wildest in your 20s. Don't you think you were the wildest in your 20s? 100%. 100% yeah. 100%. Early 20s. And even maybe really, if I were to be honest, let's start with like maybe like 19, you know? Yes. 19, because that. I'd say the ages of 18 to 28. Yeah, yeah, 18 to 28. That decade is your wildest. I yes. don't know that you're going to be as wild ever again. No, I Doesn't already mean feel... you won't go through a wild phase again. Mm-hmm. But That's you true. won't have, I hope, a 10-year stretch <laughs> like that again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be too. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exhausted to have a ten-year stretch like oh, yeah, that again. Yeah, you have to be young to be able yes, to to, yes. to to go. I mean, really, I you thought nothing of going out six nights a week. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. going really, out Monday night was the night of rest. <laughs> yes, mostly because you had to do laundry. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I need clean underwear. I need for clean, this weekend's for festivities this week, for all the stuff that's going on. That's starting tomorrow on Tuesday with a happy hour. That's right. <laughs> totally. One hundred percent. Just always, always making plans, and everybody was always available. Yeah, and everyone was available. That's also yes, key too. That's key. Yeah, you had your is... group of friends. And you guys were able to go and party and yeah. travel and do all the fun things. Yeah, because not not one person was married. No, nope. I didn't know one person that was married. Of, in my, I mean, I had people that I had gone to high school with that I knew that had got married. But no one in my circle or the next the as Julia likes to call them the friends, the adjacent friends. Yeah, you know yeah. the friends of no one, and so there was always there's always just something going on. So anyway, with the soundtrack of Queen. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why, why do, why does, here's the headline, why Megan wears shoes that are too big for her? Megan who? Megan Markle? Duchess Megan. They, uh, apparently, I don't know why I've never done this. Go up a size or two in the shoe department and then pad the toes with, um, you know, tissue or cotton wool or something so that you can... I'd be too afraid to slipping out of them. Well, tell along. Yeah, why, but... Why, what's the point of this? Tell that... For swelling up. Yeah. Yeah, for blisters. For, But that's weird, though, because, Lori, I would think that the same issue would be happening is that if you wear shoes that are too big, you're going to slide around, then you're going to have blisters, and then maybe you trip. But also, on the same hand, Lori Hamfoot Bargini, yeah. this might be a pro tip, because when it gets hot outside and your yeah. feet swell up and you're on your feet all day. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, yes, I have noticed that Megan... And other people do sometimes have shoes, and you're like, wow, they have like two fingers worth of space behind their heel on that shoe. Mm-hmm. Hamsy. Now we know. Be a nervous wreck about walking anywhere. Like I'd be clip clopping right out of it. I'm sure she's been trained. All right. She's nah, been trained. She can walk. She's, she's right. fine. <laughs> do, they, the do they have this class in Hollywood and at Buckingham Palace? Mm-hmm. We need to know. All right, we got Kenny. Get ready, I'm sure, with like a lovely traffic surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Nah, it's yeah. not too bad. All right, that's good. Uh, are you? Uh, yeah, I do have something. To... Yes. Yeah. She's up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now trending report. There are things you need to know. Trending online this afternoon. Surprise! Cardi B is trending because she and Offset secretly married last year. Oh my goodness. Way to keep keep a secret, you guys. Also trending would be Pawn Stars. Richard Harrison, best known as the old man on the History Channel 
uh, reality show Pawn Stars has passed away at the age of 77. And also people remembering Michael Jackson today on the ninth anniversary of his passing. And also trending, Westworld fans are discussing the HBO show's second season finale. What is going on? I have no idea. I watched it and neither do I. Well, good thing, Donnie. <laughs> we have season three to look yeah, forward yes. to so then we can figure it okay, out. I'm good. sure we have probably about a year and a half until right. that premieres. All right, that's what's trending here at my talk. Now you know what we know. Can we talk for a moment? Got these feelings that I'm tired of holding on. Wasn't trying to get hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Julia is probably relaxing at the lake, and Holly and I and Danny are just here holding down the fort. Relaxing. Welcome. And hoping everyone <laughs> is just getting through the traffic nightmare that is the Twin Cities now. We are now, we're at epic, epic, like LA, Seattle level. Yes. Bumper BS. to bumper. Yeah. Lanes closed. Like, highways mean, closed. Did MnDOT, did they like have some evil collective meeting of so. the minds yeah. and say, hey, let's how, how can we make everyone's yeah. life as miserable as possible right now? <laughs> well, they're succeeding. They are yes, succeeding. Let's just keep the eyes on the prize that maybe five years from now, all of this is going to be done. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll have another project in the works by Donnie. Now. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you do kind of wonder what the madness is behind the method of the thinking of everything. And I always think, are they afraid the money's just going to vaporize and disappear? Like, we got to get it in. We got to get it done. By the time all the projects are done, we're going to have hover cars like in Back to the Future. And then the project will be obsolete. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be like the Jetsons. They'll fly in the air. Mm -hmm. So did you guys like the Westworld finale? Because I dropped out. Three episodes into this um, second season. It was in a show that is often confusing. They set new heights. Okay, I'm so glad More I confusing. dropped out. My, my instinct was Hot. correct because my tolerance... <laughs> I am not... But I, I don't mind being confused. No, I, I give I, you I, Game uh, of Thrones. I'm delightfully confused with my boobs and dragons. I don't care that I don't know what's going on. I love... The epic. You like sexy confusion. Yes. That's what yes. you're telling me, Laura. You like that. sexy yeah. confusion. No, there's not. A, there's no, nothing Westworld. sexy about season no. two of Westworld. Yeah. So yeah. right there, I mean, that's I one strike against it. Yeah. And because there was sexy confusion in season one, there was. And and that okay goes a long way with me, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> but I don't know. It got just the whole sci-fi, the whole artificial intelligence. It got too quote unquote deep for me and it gave me a headache. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like I'm out okay. of that and I mm. gave it a you know season, season two was better than okay. season one. In as much as it wasn't so cerebral yeah. and loopy. There was some actual narrative yeah. that was going on and some really satisfying episodes. However, they basically deconstructed all of that last night in the season finale. Just like they did at the end of the season finale of number one. It's yeah. like, 
Well, I was sitting there last night watching Westworld, the finale, and thinking, well, sure, because I remembered, yeah, okay, they have season three, but what the heck are they going to do? And then they set it up in a way where I was like, yeah. I don't, I, I, am yeah, I, I'm so I, interested anymore. I'm I don't so know. glad. Yeah, I, it was yeah. long. It was a long episode. Yeah, I'm glad I dropped and, out because I'm all in on Handmaid's Tale. Yes. All well, in, you know. Finally. Well, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but it's nice to be able to watch like two seasons together and binge well, yeah, it like I did with, the, you know, Berlin, Babylon, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Because remember, Donnie, I can only take so much reality. And Handmaid's Tale, quite frankly, <laughs> scares me because sometimes well, I see some parallels and well, I go, I don't like what I'm seeing here. You have to divorce yourself from that. Just Donnie, but watch it, it is. for entertainment. Well, you know but, what's interesting? <laughs> you you, you can't. A show like uh, Handmaid's Tale is not just for entertainment. I well, mean, okay. it is a. It's, there were some. It, there was a few scenes where I was like, "Wow, that was tough to watch." I cover yes. my eyes. Yes, yes, I, yes, I cover my covered, eyes. I have covered my eyes watching yeah, this yeah. show too, and that's not normally my t- cup of tea for watching a show. But I guess the way the 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 snark and the fight and the kind of the in, intriguing ways they use music in that show and the visual. Uh, effects of making a one scene, you know, with rain coming, you know, they really, it's, it is like a piece of art in yeah. the, mm-hmm. how they're filming and portraying this tale. Interestingly enough, I think that Donnie is the only man that I know watching the handmaid's tale. Watching stuff. the handmaid's tale. Hey, really? Because guys that I know say Make that him- the show is too scary. Oh. They're like, this is too oh, scary. No, I on. can't watch it. I'm serious, Donnie. Yeah, people but scare me. I think Casey it's- and Donnie are old enough to know that this is something that they can they might be able to handle. I, I don't know. Casey thinks it's just like an incredible show. It is incredible. You know how and he didn't want to like it. You know, oh, I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I made him watch it and I told him, you're retired. You have to do this for show research for me. I'm feeling foolish and out of it. And that is not, those are two feelings I'm not used to having. I don't want show FOMO. Yeah, and that's what I was having, show FOMO with Handmaid's Tale. And we have Hulu and we watched The Looming Tower and that was incredible. And so I feel like Hulu, however they're doing it, not as prolific as Netflix. Boy, they are really crafting some amazing television that feels like small movies. Indeed. Oh, absolutely. You know, with whatever yeah. production they're putting in. And now I get why Elizabeth Moss has been nominated for it. I've never seen somebody act so much with their eyes in all my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. She's just an eyeball actor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. She I, says it all with her face. It's in. You know, it really is incredible. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite shows out right now. Yeah. The Handmaid's, the Handmaid's Tale. Is it, did it wrap up or all this? Oh, no, not yet. There's two more two episodes. More. Okay, so Casey and I will be catching up. Yeah. I mean, we're only on um, season two, episode three or four. You have time. Oh, boy, if you've got stuff coming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you sure do, Lori. <laughs> so while Westworld was uh, trending as uh, something on Twitter, the other thing that was trending on Twitter was the BET Awards were happening last night. Uh, Jamie Foxx hosted them and um oh my god the snark was real it was <laughs> it was very very uh real donnie posted the red carpet and um and, and well janelle <laughs> monet oh. was she wore something absolutely amazing and she wore uh 
uh, a Nicholas Gibran, and she kind of wore like I don't know some sort of a funky little hat. But hers, it was sort of this corset dress, and of course, BET Awards falls during Pride Month, and she celebrated with the rainbow skirt, and it is. It's stunning, it's and it's stunning. so fun, and it's perfect for the event. Oh, I love Janelle Monae. I do, too. And her ma- her face is gorgeous, and that perfect lip. Mm-hmm. Anyway, best dress, hands down. Black China wore a chain mail, a chain mail two-piece, and it's sort of, you know, like a crop top and then the, like, I Dream of Genie pants. But what is so, or not pants, but like the skirt, like a yes. panel in the front. What is crazy about this photo, if you look at it, and her hair is sort of crimped like a 1920s flapper. Yep. Very blonde. She actually looks kind of good in this thing. It goes with her tattoos and her figure. I and think it, this uh, is the best that she's, she's ever, ever looked. looked. Well, really? Really. Yeah, really. The short hair really suits her and her makeup looks fantastic. The outfit works. Like it's it, yeah. It's it strangely does. Her it makes her legs look really great. I mean her boobs. And I'm so glad that she broke up with her eighteen year old boyfriend oh, who got yeah. his side piece pregnant. Oh, oh people put What do we think about Amber Rose? Amber Rose Unrecognizable. I'm, yes, when she wears a long wig. She does not look like herself, and I don't like how it looks. It mm-hmm. looks very Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. When her hair is short, mm-hmm. it looks like her. You yes. see her face. Her face is so gorgeous. So, yeah, she just she looks pretty, but you'd never know it was Amber Rose. Mm-hmm. And then T- Tyra Banks. Yes, what about it? Is in a tragic oh. jumpsuit oh. of lampshade proportions. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say that Ashanti's outfit was probably the most tragic of the evening. It's this suit, double-breasted suit jacket that she's wearing as a skirt with big puffy shoulders. And it's this mustard yellow that looks like it came out of a model home from 1976. Why do they always try and make that yellow uh, come back, that mustard yellow? I don't know, Lori. And it's really confusing. I'm also confused by her choice of footwear with the caged shoes. Yeah, 2009 is calling for their footwear back. Ashanti, you might want to return it to them because... They really want them. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. oh, but that that Janelle Monae, that's just oh, everything. yes. And Tyra, you know, it's really, it is like a lampshade meets a divan, as my oh. grandma used to call it. Remember those 50s couches that sort of were raised in embossed material? It The the, the thing came up, it was sort of like a nubbing. I didn't even recognize Tyra. I completely, Lori, I completely scrolled past the photo and I, yeah. did, I was like, okay, here's somebody. Oh, mm. oh it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, but really, like look, Amber Rose does look very pretty in that velvet dress, and it. I think she got the dress because it matches her arm sleeve tattoos. It looks very mm-hmm. nice. And um, anyway, yeah, I was gonna say Tyra Banks looks like a, that's something my grandma would have worn in 1968, going to Reno trying to like pick up <laughs> gangsters yeah. in the casino lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's mm. it is kind of so. Anyway, but I guess the best thing about the BET Awards last night, apparently Jamie Foxx did a lot of things wrong last night, oh. including a Black Panther parody skit called Wanda in Wakanda. And oh, like his in living color character. Yes. Oh, and and I guess uh, uh, anyway, I guess it was um, 
it was all kinds of uncomfortableness. And just the premise alone sounds uncomfortable. Yes, and especially when you think about anyway, anyway. But after the dumb Wanda and Wakanda skit, Black Panther won Best Movie, and Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan were on hand to accept. And if if Twitter is to be believed, and I believe it is with the comments, apparently the looks on their faces as they walked up to the podium told every everybody what they needed to know about how they felt about Wanda in Wakanda. Oh, And they yeah. did not like it. And mm. uh, Michael Jordan already had to go through Jamie Foxx, pulling him up on stage earlier in the evening to deliver his infamous final words of Black Panther. Ooh. Cringy. And I guess he did it with grace and humility and people really liked it. And But it was just... Mad Awkward, which was the Twitter theme of the night, that this that, award show every year is just awkward. awkward. Awkward, but yet there will be moments when someone comes up and within their speech. Um, so anyway, Ryan Coogler, who directed um, Black Panther and Michael um, Jordan went up and I guess it they were like amazing. And he said, um, this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. He called himself a kid from Oakland who believed in fairy tales Aww. and um, it in about how it's our experiences as African-Americans and trying to capture the experience of being African on this planet with uh, so many factors telling you that you something you should be ashamed of, you should hide it. And for us, it was about tapping into that voice, telling us that we're proud of where we are. And so it was just, I guess it was like really moving. So he um, gave this beautiful speech. And so everyone was like, oh, thank goodness for that. And then also Michael B. Jordan gave a beautiful speech. So then they were like, okay, the BET awards have been saved. Yeah, (laughs) that has redeemed itself, yes. All right, listen, we'll be right back with uh, Hollywood speech. So what are you trying to say? What is the meaning of this? Thomas Markle still talking. Stop. And listen to this. (laughs) He shared with the son that he's upset he didn't get a Father's Day card from his daughter. Who is he talking to? The son. son. Come on. You get paid for that too? No, he hopes (laughs) the interview hasn't affected things. Um, he hopes that, right. he just hopes the interview hasn't affected things. He wanted to discuss traveling to the UK or the couple visiting him. He hasn't met Harry and is desperate for it to happen. I bet you the source that told the son this is Samantha, the sister. Oh my gosh, she's probably still out there stewing and brewing chaos. Her book yeah. hasn't come out. What was it, Princess Weedy or no? Mm-hmm. 
um, pushy, pr- princess. pushy princess. Hey, yes, I'm going to sell you up for money, make up a lot of crap about your new husband's politics, and it's going to be incredibly t- tacky. And on top of that, I almost ruined your wedding. But hey, we're so cool, right? Ah. Uh. Damn. Just freeze him out. Just freeze them all out. And I think that's what they're doing. I think so too. I mean, what else? Do, what do you do when something as like little and petty as that? You don't know the history between the two of them. And, or- and he's too unreliable. And the British press is going to stop paying attention to him and the other tacky people in the family. And this is the tack that the royal family. That's why Buckingham Palace hasn't gotten him under control because there's nothing there. There. Mm-hmm. They really have been distant for a long time. Right. As Julia in her crackpot detective ways found out, he did not go to her first wedding. Nope. Yeah. So he wasn't at her first wedding. There's nothing to discuss then. Yeah. End of story. Thank you, Detective Julia. Yeah. Okay, so is this so I don't know, ninth grade Lena Dunham on her Instagram on Saturday posted a photo of herself and a very sleepy-eyed Jack Antonoff, and she just, it's the two of them, that's her boyfriend of like six years. Her ex-boyfriend. Her ex-boyfriend. Six years. And it says, best friends forever. To me... No, why do you do this, Lena? Lena is still in love with Jack. Of course she is. Why would you put up a photograph of you and your ex-boyfriend, BFFs forever? But she wrote out best friends, the letter for and ever. And I just look at this photo and I see hope in her eyes that they're going to get back together. And his eyes have already moved around her on both sides of her body, over her head, under, he's gone. Yeah. He's yeah. so gone. It's he, over. Oh, this is really awkward. I, every, I like, I, I will say I am a fan of Lena Dunham, but her social media presence and when she does things like this, you're like, girl, you're, you're a grown woman. But she's not. I know she's not. She's not. Aye, 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 what is aye. the point? Well, because she is still in. I mean, yes. that's what the Hollywood speak on that. That's why. Yeah. Well, the, why, why do we all have to know about it? Well, no, because Donnie, that's part that's of her brand. The, that, and it's that's the, not even the no. question. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's letting us know everything we need to know about yeah. the fact she's not over him. Yeah. The base layer is that I'm such a cool woman that I'm still best friends with my ex, even though we just broke up less than a year ago then the underlying hollywood speak of it is that she still wants to get back together with him and he broke Mm -hmm. up with her yeah and it's just and you know and and yeah and i don't know sometimes you don't have to be the cool girl lena dunham it's okay yeah and really what is the point what is the point of being a best friend with somebody who was your maybe let's say jack antonoff is like Lena's second or third great, like real, like maybe she had a high school boyfriend, yeah, and maybe he's her really first serious adult love of her life. Do you have to be friends with that person? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know why people want to. Yeah, to me, it just it's a reminder of I don't know. I like moving forward. Agreed, and, and just leave the 
driftwood along the side of the road. <laughs> I am friends with one of my serious exes. That's because we were friends in high school, then we got together after college, okay. and so then you, we became unfriends friend. for years, years after that. Okay. We didn't talk to each other, yeah. and that was more than appropriate because why would I still want to be best friends with my immediate ex? Like, yeah. just give it space. Yeah. Give it time. But it's you okay. guys had a friendship before Yes, that. we had a friendship before that, but other exes? No. Don't talk to him. And that's fine. Forget it. It's okay, Lena. All right. How about this one? Kanye West attempts to clarify slavery comments. He had a long interview with the New York Times. And I guess it was conducted around, uh, it was done a few weeks ago when he had the extravagant uh, record release party in Wyoming. And he, he told the reporter he's learning how to not be on meds. And he said, I took one pill in the last seven days. And then at one point during the interview, he stopped at a Wyoming clothing store and got a mountain of winter clothing so much it filled 13 trash bags. Apparently, excessive spending is a common symptom of bipolar disorder. Uh, So anyway, he just, it, when you, I didn't, couldn't even read the whole interview. Be- did it not make sense? Was it well, non-linear or like like does the New York linear. Times? I mean, I don't know. Do I don't know? Do we need to be having this conversation with this person at this point in time? I mean, it was very. He said he thought Kim was going to leave him after. Uh, why do people choose to be in slavery? Mm-hmm. He thought Kim was going to leave him. He apparently was calling people in the family. I, he must be the most exhausting person to to be around because even when I okay. So he said the way that's why I went from slave to 400 years to mental prison to this and that. If you look at the clip, you see the way my mind works and suggesting that his statements are like his recent records. They are always subject to constant revision, never completely finished. I think an extreme thing and I adjust it and I adjust it and I adjust it and I adjust it and then I get to it and then I have to push to it. You know, I mean. It's like Jeez, I'm already tired. I think this is one of those instances where he could maybe take a, a little lesson from earlier in the show where we said, you know, you can step back from social media. You don't have to engage with it and maybe just step aside. And then he did that. And he did that. But now he's sitting down for a long interview. It's like the Johnny Depp Rolling Stone. Yeah. Where is well, Chris Jenner has no over control. Kanye is doing what he But this this interview it makes me just think, Kim, get, try and get your husband to realize that he really needs to stick with the program mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah. For the sake of the children. My goodness, yes. All right.